The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Good evening and welcome to Managing to be Wealthy. I'm your host for the evening, Craig Konstantinovich, and with me here in studio, we have Stephen Lucan and Tyler Cook, all of us certified financial planners, and it is everyone's favorite time of the year, the madness the holiday of St. Patrick's Day. The green beer. Oh, it, it's just, it's going to be flowing. People are going to be lively and celebratory here. So what better way than to talk about some people's least favorite things like life insurance and disability insurance? <laughs> Bring everyone back to earth here. But we got a couple other things that are in store here for tonight. But guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great Brackets yeah. filled out. Brackets filled out. Now we see what happens. Is it already busted? <laughs> no. No, how can you be busted? Oh, I don't know. I I believe I saw an elite eight team picks. of yours uh, just get no, waxed here in the no. first game. We'll so. see how the Rich- Richmond Spiders <laughs> do. There we go, Spidey. There we go. My son turned two this week. It's Congratulations! Good. Yeah. good, good for him. St. Patrick's Day baby. Yeah. yeah. So a COVID St. Patrick's Day baby, nonetheless. You got it. How yeah. many beers are you giving him? Oh, yeah. It's, we're going <laughs> to change out the sippy cup and give him a little taste. Good. Get him going. <laughs> Just the bottles here or there. Just make sure that, you know, the, the little nibs on the end and you're good. No more bottles, Craig, too. He's two. Sippy cups. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> he can, me. He can, can one hand. He can double fist now. Too, so. <laughs> Down yeah. the road. Yeah. You'll know soon, Craig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just round the corner at this point here. Uh, well, before we dive into everyone's favorite topic here, disability insurance being the primary focus here tonight, guys, there's not anything else in the world going on, just flooding the headlines, anything like that, right? The big, the big thing is uh, obviously the war in Ukraine, but interest rates yep. finally got the Fed to move. Yeah, Fed came out and said that they are going to increase it a whopping quarter of a percent, which pretty standard for them. But I think more interesting is the fact that they had said that they're planning on a potential for seven interest rate hikes here over the next two years, in addition to the one they just did. So, again, everyone's always talking about it, mortgage rates, uh, interest rates on savings accounts. May start to see some uh, some movement there. Yeah, and I saw this week too. They said their 2022 target was by the end of the year uh, to get to two percent on the federal funds rate. That'd be great. And then they also revised its GDP as well expectation from four percent down to two point seven. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes sense. Obviously, what we see going on and right. still having the supply chain issues, and those types of things. But um, it's also year in inflation. So we've been talking about a lot of these things. They adjusted mm-hmm. their year in inflation numbers from two point seven percent up to four point three. So as we remind everybody, right, when you see these jobs numbers, when you see payroll report information, you see jobless claims, you see Fed fund (laughs) rates, it's all subject to change. Yes. With what's going on in the economy and the market. So in the world. uh, In exactly the world. So there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, again, the the big things that we're seeing there, um, not only is it going to be the interest rates and mortgage rates, but you also see that it's going to have an impact on the bond market. Now, again, with all of these things that have been going on here within the last decade, everyone's been focusing primarily on stocks just because of how much growth opportunity has been out there. But bonds still have their place in the portfolio, and it's still something to be prudent and be aware of. So, Stephen, just refresh my memory here because I seem to be forgetful in my old age of 
coming up on 32. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but how do interest rates impact bonds? Well, the the impact is, one, you'll get a better yield. So if you're out to buy a CD, which I, I call the simplest form of a bond, you'll mm-hmm. get a higher yield on that bond. But if you hold a bond, uh, the price will go down. Because as interest rates go up, the price of that bond goes down. So that's tough for those who are trading bonds, mm-hmm. right? So if you're trying to sell, if you're selling a bond, that's not good. Bond prices will go down just like a stock would go down. So, uh, but it's good for people who have cash as interest rates go up, and that's a good thing. But there's an inverse correlation to interest rates and bond prices, right? So it's always in those situations too, where again, if now's when you need bonds, they may start to get more attractive because yep. you're going to get a higher yielding bond. So if you had gone out, got a one year bond last year, you may have got a whopping one percent that it would have been tied to it. Now you may be able to get that same one year bond, but instead of getting one percent for it and paying a hundred bucks, you may now be able to pay ninety five dollars for that same bond and get one and a quarter percent interest rate. So again. Small adjustments here and there, but as the Fed increases rates, we're likely to see more changes. Well, that's what was interesting this week, too, with what what happened was that you'd think logic would say if the rates go up, then like short-term yields would go up as well, Mm -hmm. like U.S. Treasuries. Mm -hmm. It actually went down this week. Yeah. So there's still that kind of dislocation going on of trying to figure things out. But I think over time, you're right, Craig, it's going to naturally go up right? just as, as they start to raise rates further. but. Just remind to remind everybody, it's not an overnight thing, mm-hmm. right? It's, we're not going to eight percent inflation overnight, right? <laughs> in terms of year-end numbers, we've seen some of those projections recently as far as what's been happening. But remember too, um, right now what they've been talking about, they really haven't counted for the Russia invasion aspect. Right, it's not really factored into the, the rate hike for this meeting that happened this past week. Mm-hmm. So there's more to come on that, but. Um, still, I mean, you know, two month treasuries, three month treasuries, you're looking at like point one nine percent, you know, quarter yeah. of a basis point maybe. So I think long-term perspective is key, and, and to your point, Stephen, like CDs, wouldn't be out there buying you know three, five-year CDs right now because mm-hmm. in, in a few months, you're going to be able to get the same CD at a much better rate. Yeah, that's where the interest rate risk comes into play. The, the one thing for, for people in their financial plan is be aware of any uh, variable rate loans they ha- that you right. have, right, whether it's a home equity line, because rates are going to go up, as we've seen, and can, will continue to see, and that's going to affect your required payment. Um you know, I, and then we're seeing mortgage rates going to come up, too, and I think that's going to have an impact on the housing market. Uh, in the example, I just put together a quick calculation that if you had a $300,000 mortgage at 4%, it's about a $1,400 a month payment. If it goes to 6%, that becomes an $1,800 a month payment. Right? And you say, oh, 400 bucks a month, that's a, that's a pretty big chunk to swallow every month then because it's now money you don't have. It's a required obligation, debt right. obligation. So. Interest rates are going to have a big impact on uh, home buyers and uh, people who s- sell, turn over a house. Right? Yeah. If you're in the house, that's fine. That's great. Right. You've got a low rate. Congratulations. Don't move. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. Right? Yeah. I'm interested to see, too, just in the in the auto market, right? The automobile market right. still just obviously the supply is still not back where it needs to be, but there's demand. But now with interest rates going up, you know, a lot of th- when when – uh, 2008 happened, and then subsequently COVID and so forth. You're seeing like you know zero percent rates for 84 months, right? right. Yeah. I think those days are gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be much fewer and further between. You may be you know the end of year holiday specials or something like that, but certainly it's not going to be hey, just average Joe, come on in. We'll give you you know one percent, zero percent, something like that. So yeah. all all subject to change here, and probably the most interesting thing here, and things that you know are certainly hitting people uh, in the wallets every single day. Gas prices. 
I mean, here in Ohio, for the first time in my lifetime at least, we're seeing $4 per gallon. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we see these reports that the price of gas is falling as well. What's going on there? Why is gas falling but gasoline prices still stay stagnant? That's the supply and demand issue there too as well. And also you've got speculation happening within mm-hmm. the oil markets. Uh, so you see the price of, of you know, is, that, is hovering around 100. I think it got as high as 120 or something crazy a, a week ago. Yep. It's now back down right around 100. So I think that's a, a factor that uh, I filled up last week, or not last, uh, yesterday, 100 bucks. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have a big SUV, but still, yeah, 100 bucks, right? So I think uh, I remember back to the days when Super America, do you guys remember Super America gas stations? Mm-mm. They were around here. They were around here. I don't remember. Them. Ninety-nine cents a gallon. That was the first. First, I moved. Uh, we moved to Columbus in uh, November, December of two thousand and one, and the first tank I filled up was ninety-nine cents a gallon. Wow. Right, but and again, it, it, I don't. People use uh, gas prices as an inflationary number. I I just think it's a volatile commodity. Yeah, it's, right? it's going to go part. up and down. Yeah. It's it's not a inflation. I don't weigh it as an inflationary measurement. You see it on the news as inflation, but I'm no, no I don't. I think it's just volatile. Well, and I was even in high school at the time of two thousand and six, two thousand and eight. At that point, and our teacher went through and did an example and said gas at this point, based off of where it was, should be trading at about five dollars a gallon. Right, right. based and on pure was, inflation. Right. Right, and yeah. it was three dollars. So yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But well, guys, again, a lot of good information there. We're coming up on a break here. Uh, when we get back, we'll be talking about disability insurance, how to make sure you fit that into your plan. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio six ten WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Good evening and welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. I'm your host for the evening, Craig Konstantinovich, with Stephen Lucan and Tyler Cook. We're talking about just general financial items uh, here to start things off. So, talked a little bit about inflation, the Fed's announcement to raise interest rates this year, uh, and then oil prices is where we wrap things up. But guys, probably the most prominent thing now outside of that, just for you know, getting back to normal, quote unquote, March Madness, baby. How are our brackets doing so far? Anything busted? I got to admit something, guys. I, I failed to complete a bracket for like the first time since like, Ever. elementary school. Yeah. For those on the radio, again, you can't see, but the look of disappointment on my face right now, it, it's covered, yeah. plastered over it right now. Tried to use the app and be all fancy and cool, you know, didn't print one out or anything, and, and it just uh, didn't work. So. Didn't take. Keep it yeah. simple, Tyler. Come on. I have a pretty good record with our, <laughs> our bracket history, too, but who won last year? Spencer did. Okay. All right. <laughs> he took home the big prize. Yep. The big prize. Yeah. Not like Cole, always well, betting a... on UNC or something like <laughs> he that. He picks them by their mascot, which who would win in a fight? That's how he does that. It actually hey, worked pretty well, right? Exactly. Yeah, and whatever yeah. works. I yeah. mean, there's all sorts of analysis and statistics on how to pick the right bracket and all that kind of stuff. And it's gone so far that some people have definitely gone out and you know put their money where their mouth is. So Warren Buffett being one of the most prominent names. He's got his billion-dollar bracket challenge where if you can get a perfect bracket, never been done before, but if you could get a perfect bracket, he'll get you a billion dollars. Now, does that require – I was thinking about that the other day. Does that require you to get the final score right as well, like the, the championship game? Do you know? Good question. I, I don't know. I have no but idea. I'm sure he bought an insurance policy oh, yeah. on it versus <laughs> uh, paying cash. Exactly. I'd be interested to see what the premium for that would be because, yeah. I mean, how likely is it knowing that 
statistically speaking. An, an actuary would be able to tell you. I'm sure they would. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll get someone to call in and give us that number at some point. Yeah. Um, but, no, obviously this is one of the biggest events of the year. You get people from all walks of life, like you said, picking winners based off of how the mascots would fight, what colors are the teams are, where they're located, are they close to home or not, do I have a family member affiliate them, any number of reasons. But when it comes to planning here, what if you are that big winner? What if you do get that big jackpot? So what numbers are we looking at or what are we seeing out there, guys, as far as what that may mean? Well, there's a lot of money flowing around, right? There's 45 mm-hmm. million people estimated to be participating yep. right now. So that's you know, that's $3 billion in bets being placed. And that's, I, the, that's legal bets. Going right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and with gaming being legal uh, in a lot of states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, D.C., Vegas, obviously, Nevada, uh, it's expanding. Ohio's going to become legal this year. Yep. Um, some people think it'll be by September, but even past that, maybe. Who knows? It comes on comes down to state legislature, but uh, sports gambling will be legal in Ohio. And I, th- I think, personally, I think it's good if you can create the tax revenue. Obviously, I'm not in favor of people uh, using gambling as a means of income. Right mm-hmm. to think right. that you're gonna how you're gonna get wealthy, that's a dangerous proposition. You should gamble on what you can lose. That's about it, and leave it right there. But but as far as tax revenue, I think it's a fantastic way that that we're seeing the states um, use it as a means to generate tax revenue, whatever yeah. it takes. Absolutely, because black market gambling is not new. Right, uh, there's billions of dollars wagered every year for the Super Bowl, being the biggest. Uh, let's let's get that on the books. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All you got to do is make sure that it's taxed properly, and boom, all of a sudden there you've got, you know, a lot of the money ends up going to, uh, like, public schooling systems and those kind of things. I think everyone would be ready yeah. for that. And and the other and the other one, sort of going on a slight tangent, which is something you want to talk about today, is the NIL for, yeah. for athletes, right? So getting that money on the books. We all know they've been getting paid. Let's be honest about it, right? <laughs> and it's all under the table. Right. And I always said get the IRS involved. Yeah, and now the IRS is involved because it's going to be legal. It's going to be on the books, and and these athletes are going to get paid uh, via you know ten ninety nine income, and they're going to learn a lot about taxes at a young age. Yeah, there's an interesting take there too with with insurance and what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and that's the big thing here today is you know as we're looking at it, the the biggest thing that you need to protect yourself as far as your plan, everything else is your ability to produce income. Right now, the best way to do that is through a disability insurance policy. Um, So basically, there's all types, all flavors that are out there. Probably the biggest that people know uh, would be a Social Security disability income policy, which, again, as long as you've earned the the proper credits for everything else, uh, you would be eligible for that. But uh, we'll dive into the details a little bit later. But it's not necessarily as easy as, hey, I'm injured. Hey, get my, you know, let me get my benefit. No, there's a, a few more hoops and hurdles you got to jump through at that point. But um, when we when we think about disability insurance, Tyler, what's normally the first place that your mind goes or what is it that you look for? Yeah, well, I think it's just when we talk about this with people, it, it's um, sticker shock often when you see the premium. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about that, there's a reason why you need this, right? It's, it's, think about the other side, right? If you don't have the income coming in, the premium's nothing. Right. So being fee-only, meaning we don't sell any products, no commissions, no nothing, that's why you can always sit there across from somebody and say, no, you need this for your family or for your plan to actually work if anything happens to you. Uh, and we've seen it all, right? We've seen mm-hmm. scenarios where clients have a policy. They never, ever make a claim, which is great. That's what you want. 
and others recently actually have seen a few scenarios where they've been closer to retirement in those last few years. That policy has helped get them to the finish line. Right. So all those years of paying the premiums actually monetarily, right, paid off in the long run. But I think it's a big thing. You talk to people, nobody wants to spend money on insurance, right? I'm the first one. No. Nope. I hate paying the premium, yeah. but set it up on auto pay and it's out of sight, out of mind in that sense. But um, it's expensive because it's you're most likely to use it. Right. Not life insurance, right? Nope. You're more likely to become disabled than you are to die. Yeah. So that's a big factor when you look at this, but there's ways you can customize these policies because as we'll talk about here, what's offered through your employer, if you are, if you do have an employer and mm-hmm. you're not self-employed, uh, those policies are okay, but they really don't comprehensively cover you. Right. Absolutely. Stephen, anything else you care to add on that so far? No, again, just to, to stress the importance of it having uh, dis- proper disability insurance. If you need income to manage your financial plan, you need to, need to insure it. Just like I said with Warren Buffett handing out a billion dollars, <laughs> he insured it. Right? Right, right? You've got to leverage it um, and making sure that you're covered. So insure your income. It's a proper way to go about it. And you through that do that through disability insurance, one of the ways to go through it. Right. Well, and you touched on it here, Tyler. A lot of employers right now, they... You know, say, hey, we've got this great benefit that we're going to offer you. Going to get disability insurance. And you know what? Even better yet, we're going to pay the premiums for you. Well, what most people don't realize is there's no free lunch. So even if your employer is paying your premiums, if if it's an employer-provided policy, you you always have to think of it with the mind of the natural skeptic and say, well, why are they offering it? Is there a reason for it? So what's normally some of the gotchas that are tied to that? Yeah, it's it's obviously a nice feature, right? They're at part of the benefits package, and it's something they're trying to do for their employees, which is great. But understanding the implications on the back end, should you need to make a claim, is is where you're going, Craig. And that's that would mean if the employer is paying the premium for you, or you're mm-hmm. not paying it, something happens to you, and you actually start collecting a benefit. That benefit is now taxable. Um, a lot of employers will do a fifty fifty split sometimes, so they'll share the cost with the employee, uh, and then obviously only fifty percent in that scenario would be taxable in the scenario where you're getting uh, paid out on a claim. But I think from the definitions is really the key. And it's boring for a lot of people to look at. We're weird. We like it. We want to see the definitions. Well, I'll interrupt you on that because half the time you ask somebody for the definitions and even their HR department can't get them for you. Yeah. It's downright frightening. Downright frightening that, hey, can we get the definitions of this disability policy and months go by and lots of emails happen and you still can't obtain the definitions. Right. You get, oftentimes we get a summary back and it's like, here's right. the definition. And then that, <laughs> right. No, both, no, that's a no. summary. There's a little, <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, asterisk You get 60% down. of your income covered, but it doesn't tell you what may prompt right. that or how long or what may what you may have to qualify for it in order to get that premium or that benefit payout rather. So, But the, yeah, the group policies, uh, again, know the details, the devil's in the details and start with how they're paid for and then try to obtain the definitions of the policy. Absolutely. Yeah, and again, disability insurance, there's a lot more uh, layers to this onion that we'll peel back here when we come back, but we're coming up on another break here. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Good evening, and welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is your host, Craig Konstantinovich, tonight, and I've got Tyler Cook and Stephen Lucan with me here in studio. Uh, we've been talking about current events, obviously, the March Madness aspect that's out there. Uh, and disability insurance being our primary topic here. So we kind of introduced the idea at the beginning of uh, last segment here. Um, But we understand that a lot of times there are personal questions, things that are on your mind that you may not necessarily be comfortable speaking with someone else about. Um, If that's you or if there is an instance that you'd like to sit down with one of our certified financial planners to discuss, 
uh, please feel free to reach out to us either via our website, managingtobewealthy.com, or by calling our office at 614-326-3077. Schedule a complimentary consultation meeting to review your financials, see where you are, and determine what you may need to continue to manage to be wealthy. Uh, Well, guys, we kind of wrapped up last segment talking about employer-provided policies, what you should be looking for. I think the key phrase that we uh, neglected to mention is the group certificate of coverage. That's what you're asking for. That's basically the constitution for whatever your employer-provided policy is. And we started talking about some of the things to look for. So definitions obviously being very key, also understanding how payments are going to be made or who's going to be paying the policy. But what else are we looking for within those definitions? Or what else, Stephen, do you try to uh, find when you're looking at that? Uh, just understand the the two the other big one is occupation. Uh, there's a version called own occupation, which is defining what you specifically do for your job mm-hmm. versus any occupation, which is hey, if you can do any job, that's what you're going to get uh, transferred to 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 perform that work. Uh, obviously, we always recommend uh, own occupation because mm-hmm. that's your uh, area of expertise. So, uh, again, understand what you're getting into, but that's one of the things I specifically review with clients so they understand. Right. And a lot of times it's not necessarily that clear because you may have that transition where, hey, for 24 months, if you can't do your job, we'll pay you this benefit. But then after that, if you could go out and do something different but earn a lesser income, maybe that means your disability benefits stop. Yep. So that's a big potential gotcha as well. Um, I think another good one there, too, is just when are you actually going to get paid? Right. Yeah, so you go down today, you're disabled today, you're not going to get the check tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's a waiting period. So sometimes it's three months, sometimes it's six months. That's all in those details of the policy uh, that you try to figure out. And, and that's where we talk about having a cash reserve to bridge that gap, right? We hear us preach about that all the time, but there's reasons for that, uh, not just if your car breaks down, but you know, catastrophic scenarios like this where you can't work, you've got to fill that gap. So uh, ask yourself, too, just kind of look at that. If anything happened... Do I even have a short-term policy in place? Because some employers provide short-term coverage to kind of fill that void. Mm-hmm. Again, you'll probably only get maybe 50% of what you're making now. So right. it's not going to be a full uh, full 100% of what you make. Plus, it's going to be taxed, by the way, Yep. on the short-term side. So that'll help a little bit. But you know that that's the t- definition of disability in, in terms of what actually qualifies as disability. And then when do you actually get paid? Yep. Well, the other thing, too, is when, when you if you tell somebody and bring up the term de- disability – Immediately what comes to mind is a worst-case scenario. They think quadriplegic in a wheelchair, tragic uh, outcome. But there's a lot of other scenarios where you just are not able, maybe via sickness, medical treatments, you're just not able to do your job. And that's what what you need to recognize uh, when you're looking at your disability policies. It's not always that worst-case scenario. It could be something in between. Even for two or three years, you're Mm -hmm. disabled defined disabled and you can go back to work right so it's a temporary stopgap where your income is not disrupted yeah i mean i i use my dad and everything that he went through as the exact example no fault of his own but when he was going through his chemo treatments when he was trying to you know battle his cancer and everything he he got tired you know there were Mm -hmm. days where he could only work maybe three hours a day sure he was still trying to put in as much effort as he could but couldn't do it Mm-hmm. Thank goodness he had his disability policy because that helped supplement his income. And thankfully, the employer was willing to be flexible with some of the things, try to help him out as much as possible. But without that, I mean, it, it would have been, well, hey, where's the next paycheck coming from? Are we you know, draining savings at that point? 
And so thankfully we had that bridge to help us out. And that's that's a good point about the the, the pressure on the employer, mm-hmm. right? Your 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 employees are equal. You need to invest in them as well. And if they go down with a disability, the quality of the disability policy, it hey, you know what? Here's a good insurance. You take care of the important things in your life. Get healthy. Come back later. But it's sort of an investment from the business standpoint. Having right. a good disability policy for the employees very critical. Yeah. Yeah, I think too on the on that part you mentioned it doesn't have to be the paraplegic type thing, but it's or quadriplegic type thing, but it's it's a lot of the cognitive. So it's like Craig to use to your example, um, and it can be partial. So mm-hmm. like you said, maybe three hours a day type thing. But a lot of these policies, some of them don't have what are called riders to protect things like that. Where let's say you could work at seventy five percent of what you're normally used to doing, well, you're still going to miss out on twenty five percent of your income. There are policies that you can customize to fill that gap and, and make you whole. Mm-hmm. So that, but a lot of the group policies don't do that. So you have right. to look to supplement those things with private policies, which would then follow you, you know, wherever you work. But exactly. there's there's a lot there to, as you said, peel back. And I think if you, if you can actually understand the definitions is one part, right? And it's hard <laughs> enough for us to do that, right? Right. Because yeah. they're constantly changing. And in the insurance world, there's a lot of, um, what's the best way to say this? Uh, Pseudonyms is well, what I always yeah, say. Yeah, like, but there's, there's like gimmicky things. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. um, fancy names for things, and it's just confusing. Legalese. Right? But yeah, yeah. 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 And, and it's it's just, if you can actually get down, okay, to the basics, right? Okay, what? What do I qualify for? When do I get paid? How long am I going to be paid? Mm-hmm. That'll help get you a little more peace of mind. And and that's where the personal, personally owned policies come into play. They're more clearly defined. Right. Well, and then on top of that, too, they may be more clearly defined, but the options of the riders that you can add can go on for pages and pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one policy, I forget what the exact rider was, but basically if they worked in an in a job within 50 miles of where they previously were, they weren't deemed to be disabled in that case for some reason or another. Yeah. So it's, I mean, again, it can be something quirky like that, but you can see other things too. So, and, and this is the importance of reviewing those employer provided policies. Not all of them are created the same. There was one policy for one uh, person that I was working with at that point where they lived down in Tennessee Another person I was working with up in Michigan, same relative employer, turns out they had two very different policies where the one up in Michigan, 100% of the benefits paid out. It was after tax, so that means that it was not taxable to them and that it would pay all the way out until they're age 65. Didn't have any of that uh, transitionary definition as far as disability. Person down in Tennessee, not so lucky, 24 months it was all before tax that they were paying it or their employer was paying for it, so it was all taxable to them. So, again, even though you may think that, hey, I've heard from so-and-so, this is what they have, mine's probably similar, you always got to check the details. Yep. Yeah, and, and these things, too, with these private policies, you can customize them, like what you're saying, Craig, with some of these riders. Um, I think the most important rider to look at and see if you have it on your policy would be the cost of living adjustment. We've mm-hmm. talked about inflation all the time. You know, 5000 a month benefit today is very different 10 years from now. Right. right, or even a five months or from when it was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. So that's that's really really critical. And then I think the other part too, we, a lot of young professionals they have that invincible mentality, right? It's not going to happen to me. Superman. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be disabled. Well, okay, great. But if you're willing to actually accept the risk or transfer the risk to the insurance company, if you're in an in- industry where your income could go up mm-hmm. annually, right? You have the ability. To, say you're in commission sales or something you're doing. You're selling furniture, whatever it is. 
you also can add a rider to actually called a future increase option mm-hmm. each year, get the ability to increase your benefit, but not have to go through the fun medical exam. Right. And that's as you get older, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Absolutely. I, I think you got to just, you, you can customize it, but to your point, Craig, it can be very different scenarios, even within the same employer, as far as what's actually covered. Absolutely. Yeah, so definitely, if, if nothing else here today, educate yourself a little bit further on what may or may not be available through work. And if there is nothing, try to find something personally that fits within your means. Uh, we're coming up on another break here, guys. Again, going to get to segment four here uh, once we get back. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Good evening and welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is your host, Craig, with Stephen and Tyler here in studio tonight. Been talking about all fun things, disability, and last segment we wrapped up kind of talking about yeah, what what should you be looking for? What are the definitions or what are the, what are the other options to maybe make your coverage a little bit more robust with disability insurance? Uh, but, Stephen, you had said that there was something that sparked, sparked yeah, in your tr- mind here. Tyler mentioned something about your income. Uh, if you have a group policy and let's say it's percentage of your, your salary, how are you paid? And sometimes your salary is a smaller number, particularly in sales. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's $50,000, and then your bonus is commission mm-hmm. bonus, and the disability is only going to insure the salary, not the commission. So that's a very, very important detail to make sure you understand what is insured and what is not insured. And a lot of times the commission and bonuses are not part of the base salary. Yeah, great point. And it'll yeah. say base salary right on the, the policy. So, mm-hmm. again, the devil's in the details there with that situation. Right. And that's where, again, too, just because you have group coverage doesn't mean that that's what you're precluded to, that and that alone. You may be able to go out and get a personal policy to go on top of that. And that way you'll have something to help cover some of that additional income. My personal policy is still the most valuable thing in my financial plan Mm -hmm. because it insures me. And I bought it decade, two decades ago, and uh, it's a lifetime benefit. They don't even offer it anymore. That's right. That's a great point. They changed the rules too. Yeah. yeah. Right? Shucks. So my I am not canceling that policy no. as long as I'm working. That's in my it's in my playbook for yeah. my financial plan. And uh again, very, very critical. It pays to age ninety nine. Absolutely. So if I become disabled at age sixty seven and I'm still working in the industry that I filled out as a financial planner and I become disabled, I'm getting paid. Yep. That's what's Steven working until 99 in my head now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other part there, too, is what I mentioned, what actually changed there, just to give reference. It, those, that's a good old policy, right? One yep. of the good old ones. Now it's, they'll pay you to age 65. Right. Very mm-hmm. different than 99. Yeah. But if a disability happens when you're closer to 65, then they'll pay you out for a few years. And think know, about they're... the scenario. You're in your 30s. You become disabled. You're paid to 65. What happens at 65. You better hope Social Security is picking up your... But but what happens at 65 is you're not fully vested. Right. And, yep. and then all of a sudden you're getting your Social Security benefit at a lower rate. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just not coordinated. Yeah. So that is that is also very dangerous. So 65 to 67, all of a sudden you're trying to figure out where your money's going to come from. Yep. So relying also relying on Social Security disability insurance is also very risky. So just have this disability insurance lined up and just understand where it's coming from. Absolutely. Especially for a special group of people that now have income coming in that previously didn't know about it. 
Stephen, what on earth am I talking about? Well, you, we, talk, we talked a little bit about in the first segment is the uh, NIL for the professional athletes that are now amateur athletes uh, and suddenly <laughs> become pe- professional. Uh, yep. These college athletes now can earn income through the N- name, image, and likeness program, and a lot of them are getting wealthy real quick. Yeah. And one of the things in the past has been uh, insurance. Now, these the schools have provided disability insurance for them over the years, but now with the income, it's 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 uh, conflicting because they have other earned income. Right, and that's where, I mean, again, there's a whole gambit of, of financial planning discussions around it, figuring out how it's paid, what opportunities may be there, but you're spot on. Disability insurance is a big one. So I remember way back when, for example, when Jamarcus Russell, former quarterback yeah. of LSU, came yeah. out of school he went out, bought, I think it was a $2 million disability insurance policy, and it was with a very particular company because he was such a high risk, and it wasn't an all-encompassing policy. It was strictly just on his right arm. Mm-hmm. He was right-handed. If he couldn't throw the ball or if something happened to him from when he finished college to when he was drafted, boom, $2 million bucks paid out to him. I You said that. I know of a punter back in the 1980s that did it for their leg, their punting leg. Yeah. So it's just strictly on the leg. Yeah. So, but, but again, the type of athlete, and uh, you want the punter's name, I can tell you. <laughs> you would know who they are. But. Oh, no, yeah. Reggie Roby. No, nope. No idea. If it's not so, Dallas Cowboy, you got no, no shot. No, Miami right. Dolphins. So, yeah. uh, but no, that's a very you know particular mm-hmm. uh, insurance policy, right? Insuring right. that specific uh, issue. So, Absolutely. Well, these and these kids being paid 1099 income, I mean, they're you have the opportunity there for some creative planning around being a business owner. Mm-hmm. You're self-employed at that point, right? You're being right. paid a 1099. You're not a W-2. You're not an employee, but you're being paid an income stream. So uh, there's a lot of creative strategies to actually setting up an LLC to then funnel this NIL income into that. And all of a sudden, guess what? You're now deducting your lunch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, CJ Stroud, he's over at Subway doing the commercials, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure he's getting free Subway there. But if he goes somewhere else, fill up his gas tank to and from that trip, guess what? That gas is an expense of the business, of his purpose of being there for, to show up to, to shoot the ad. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that you really need to dive into. And you know, there's some studies that have been out. And there's really only a handful of athletes making the serious money right. with this at this point, right? We're just in the beginning stages of all oh, yeah. this. Um, but I think the average... What was the average crazy? About a thousand bucks per kid. Yeah, roughly around there. But you're going to have twenty to thirty people above that that are making, you know, hundreds of thousands. Right. So, and there's a whole debate there, Stephen, on is that fair? Is it not? But mm-hmm. you hope that first of all, these kids are going to get a real quick lesson in tax planning, and when they see what to do, especially depending on what ta- what state they live in. Right. Right. California, for example. Your quarterback Very. in California is going to be a lot more. CJ Stroud's glad he moved here, right, from California <laughs> to Ohio. Absolutely. So, well, well, depends on his residency, though. Well, that's correct. So, right. So, and he's hopefully been here a couple of years now. He can, uh, you know, he, I think he, he's a redshirt freshman. So they, at that point, you know, he can be a resident after two years. So I think if, if he's done the right things, though, to your point, right, did he, we know he's got a car, right? That's been one of the deals we've seen. <laughs> but did he register to vote here? Did, did he, he get actually, his driver's license correct, here? Those types of things. But those are the planning topics that are, you got to look at this from a comprehensive perspective, and I think if you can shave off, you know, any dollar as an expense that you're paying already, anyways, don't be an aggressive taxpayer, right? Shelter some of that income all within the proper IRS codes and so forth. Uh, but the disability side is really interesting because now they have the ability to also pay their disability premiums that way, and whether or not the school is going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I think most still doing that, right? There's a special fund the NCAA set up to pay that, right? Uh, but it's it's a it's a big thing, and I think it's just going to keep expanding. Oh, it has to. I mean, you know, you're getting people that 
they may not have another way to earn income like this again in their lifetime if they do get hurt. I mean, you absolutely want to make sure that it's protected. But then all of a sudden it becomes, okay, well, is there or what are the stipulations? Again, we talked about what are the definitions that are baked into those policies that you may be personally taking out? Is it really best to have that be a pre-tax or something you deduct through your LLC? Yeah. Or are you better off paying it with after-tax dollars? Well, that that premium would be the premium just for the policy. Like, let's say the kid's getting a $10 million policy on him, right, if he goes down. Mm Mm-hmm. The premium is going to be several hundred grand a year. Oh yeah. So pay that through your LLC. Why? In that scenario. I disagree. No, in, in that case, because, because then if they cl- could get a claim, it's taxable. Well, yeah, in the future it would be right, but you can you can analyze that every year, right? So yeah, I just I think that's getting, a that's a slippery slope, especially if the sport is football, right? Most yeah. that most people's career ends with a well, that, injury, so that's far too risky. If it's something a little less uh, stressful on the body. Like swimming, maybe, right? Maybe yep. that's a consideration. I don't know, but uh, you need to weigh it uh, hand in hand. But understand the tax consequences either way is very, very important. Well, yeah, that's the debate, right? Do you want a two thousand, two hundred thousand dollar tax deduction now, right, for the premium if right. you paid it through your LLC, or just pay the taxes, right? So yeah. there, that's well, and then the other case big, by case, yeah, and the other big thing too is looking at again the definitions of it because a lot of disability policies have very finite. Um, periods where they'll pay out for mental or cognitive disorders. So if you're in concussion protocol, what is that deemed? So it's, again, it's going to continue to expand. There's going to be a lot that's going to be coming out around this. But again, very interesting to be here in the midst of how everything's playing out to be a part of the planning around it. They're getting an education for sure. (laughs) Whether they know it or not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, again, a great show here tonight talking about all things disability. Uh, Again, if there's any questions, feel free to visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com. Appreciate everyone listening here. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.